0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Battleground Nutrition Centers. Battleground Nutrition is a family and veteran-owned and operated supplement superstore in the Northeast that's been running since 2013 and since then has helped athletes all over the world in APO, FPO, and within the United States PO boxes to ensure that whether you are in the Northeast or anywhere in the world, we can help you with your nutritional needs. Visit www.bgnutritioncenter.com and use code NATTY to save at checkout. And a reminder, All orders over $100, always ship free. Well, United States of America, we are on the heels of the world's strongest man. And that got me thinking about sports and safety. And I'm here to tell you, man, bodybuilding just ain't healthy. Now listen, I'm very open in telling people that I've never, ever been as dedicated or loved as anything outside my own wife and children as much as I love bodybuilding, but here's the thing. A lot of times nowadays when we're leading into something that we consider part of the health industry, we lean into this narrative that it's better for people and it's healthier and that our obsessions in terms of what we choose to fixate on are much more healthy than other people's vices. Look, I've been on record saying that for sure I've used this fitness industry and, and bodybuilding to control my own uh, anxiety and to help with body dysmorphia and that the um, you know the things that it puts in my life in terms of control and having a, a steady schedule and, and things like that and tend to make me feel better, improve my mental health, improve my cognition. And yes, it would be easy to make the parallel that most of the things that we do as bodybuilders and most of the things that we do in the fitness industry, if you are considered an athlete inside of it, are healthier than most of the other things that are in society. You know, uh, my my favorite parallel to make is how many people need six cups of coffee before they can even operate in a day. Um, And uh, the amount of caffeine that even I take in on a daily basis would definitely be considered at least addiction adjacent. But realistically, what we're talking about in terms of bodybuilding is much more than just uh, cognition and, uh, you know, needing pre-workout to really get to the gym and get that pump. That's not really what I'm referring to. Pushing anything to the extreme I mean Hidetada Yamagishi said it best when we were watching the original Generation Iron which is that all sport and all dreams in terms of trying to reach the top spot of a sport require some inherent risk um you know, my favorite thing to say to people when their uh, family members don't exactly get how much time and effort you need to dedicate to leading into a bodybuilding show is, listen, if you wanted to be the best at any of your fields that you have in terms of your lifetime, when you have different professions, being a lawyer, being a real estate agent, being whatever requires so much of your time that you have to say no to your friends when they want you to go out drinking. And you have to say no to some family members that want you to come over for dinner or spend occasions. Sometimes that's just par for the course. Being the best at what you do requires a level of obsession that uh, really, until you've been there, you don't really understand how much it starts to not just control your life, but control those who want to be around you and and want to be involved in your life. But the inherent risk that we're talking about here, uh, once you step into that extreme of focus and drive and intensity, is much more specific than that. Recently, um, and this is powerlifting, not bodybuilding, but Hapthor Bjornsson uh, tears his peck uh, competing in powerlifting. And just the week before that, uh, you know, you've got uh, Charles Griffin tears his peck uh, leading into shows. And Dexter Jackson has been no uh, stranger to telling people that during his Olympia run-ups and during most of his major shows, he would stick to machines and take long periods of time off every single year, you know, six months at a time without even entering a gym or really needing to track his calories that much. First inherent risk in terms of that physicality is that your body is in this state of depletion that a lot of people forget how easy it is to wind up getting injured or overdoing it in terms of expenditure. Um, I'll be the first to admit that most of the time when people talk rhabdomyolysis, they don't realize how relatively rare that is for most people. Um, but a lot of the stuff that comes with overworking and overdieting is not that far off in terms of how it can affect you. Uh, my wife and a lot of females that I know in the sport, not just athletes of mine, but athletes in general, um, have what's called amenorrhea, which is basically your menstrual cycle stops because of your low body fat percentage and the um, displacement of hormone release within your body. And over long periods of time, that can actually affect your ability to be able to um, have a child naturally without medical intervention. Um, Not just that, but we don't really know what the long-term side effects are. Uh, are. I mean, listen, I have athletes that are very much in the single digit percentages um, when they're going to compete, but not for long periods of time in terms of three, four, five years at a time. Um, we don't know what the long-term effects are of the yo-yo diet of, listen, if, if I'm really trying to be one of the best female bodybuilders in the world, having to go up 20 pounds, down 20 pounds, up 20 pounds, down 20 pounds. And That 20-pound swing is, I would argue, a fairly conservative estimate in terms of how much most people would want to uh, fluctuate during their off-seasons. I know plenty of people who are obviously a lot taller than me that need to fluctuate much more of a a weight swing in their off-seasons if the judges told them they just weren't big enough. putting that amount of new strain on your heart and your, you know, look in enhanced bodybuilding, your liver, your kidneys, you know, we're basically incentivizing at this point, um, the practices of trying to push it to the extreme limit in terms of conditioning and development and, uh, you know, how much muscle can you put on a frame? And I want to be very clear in the sense that I'm not just talking either side of enhanced or natural bodybuilding, right? Um, with your, Uh, immune system taking a tank every time that you need to get ready for the stage that can affect certain people right you don't want to catch the wrong sickness at the wrong time wind up prepping for eight months and then you're in the hospital and your prep's over and you know that the first thing they're going to do when they leave the hospital is try their prep again um And then not just that, but what we're talking about in terms of uh, getting ready for the stage is also having that really dry, shredded look, which comes with weak tendons and, you know, your your ligaments wind up being dehydrated and your joints wind up being dehydrated. Your sleep schedule takes a hit. You know, when men get closer to the stage, their testosterone tanks. So when we talk about the safety leading into the stage, sure, we're not racing cars and, you know, uh, doing it on non-closed course or uh, trying to figure out how much we can drink in a three-hour period. But realistically, we we have to say to ourselves that we're in this weird generation of social media that's making us completely available to people 24-7, which automatically messes with your brain because people want to take everything to the extreme and be the next big thing and uh, make a splash and go viral or whatever it is that you want to do realistically what you're doing then is the same thing that prize money tends to do when you start raising it is incentivizing people to take it more to an extreme and i know that in most of the comment sections whether it's going to be on instagram or youtube or facebook or whatever it's going to be people saying you know Half. Yeah, of course. And water is wet. And, uh, you know, the sun tends to be bright and hot because they believe that everybody knew that bodybuilding was unhealthy. And then the other half of the comment section is going to be, it's way healthier than a lot of these other stuff. These kids are doing nowadays. This dude, you shut the fuck up. I get it. Right fitness industry and what you tend to follow is something that you identify with and that helps you through your struggles and makes you who you are in terms of your identity. We're going to vehemently try to defend it and say that um, it's not as bad as everybody says and that uh, it's a much better option than the other things that are. I get it. But what I'm trying to do in this podcast and what I'm trying to do all the time is just be realistic with people. And the real nature of the fitness industry as it stands right now is that if you're a young kid or you're in your 30s or 40s and you're looking to undertake this, there's a lot of stuff that you need to take in mind in terms of keeping control of your health and making sure that as you go to any sport and try to be a professional, that the inherent risk outweighs uh, in terms of being less, that your benefits outweigh your risk factors And I think that being transparent in terms of a lot of the things that not everybody talks about um, is is important. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Nirvana Water Sciences. Muscle integrity is the foundation of our body's overall health because it supports movement, posture, breathing, and many other things. Enter Nirvana Water Sciences HMB infused water. HMB or hydroxymethylbutyrate is is a unique derivative of leucine, the isolated amino acid. It helps with things like protein synthesis, nutrient absorption, and can help athletes and regular people alike with general health as well as recovery from hard workouts. So click the link in the description below to find out where you can get Nirvana Water Sciences HMB infused water products today. As we roll through this podcast and we're talking about you know the fitness industry in general and the inherent risk with bodybuilding, just ask your friends who have ever competed in their life. Um, leading into those last couple of weeks, your deficit tends to be incredibly high. You can overdo it very easily. You know, uh, a personal story that I tell is I went and competed in the uh, Asia Pacific International for the INBA, PNBA uh, when I was uh, over in South Korea in 2017. And, the, you know, with a stacked lineup of 27 to 30 guys in the classic physique uh, lineup back before, that was actually the first year we carried it so that there was no pros. It was just amateurs. Um, you know, being over there in Korea, I wanted to see some stuff. I tend to use my bodybuilding career to travel, to see different things, and to um, really use those things as business trips because why not? Every time you compete now, you've got a chance to uh, make sure that, You can see the world and that it's tax deductible. So I'm walking around Korea. I go to the DMZ. uh, You know, we go to see all the different palaces. We try some um, local customs and things like that. And we figure out which food we want to eat when the show is done. I say we, being me and my wife. Um, We get back to the hotel. And even before we get on the bus to go back to the hotel, my knees are just buckling on me. And I'm getting super dizzy. And I'm like, man. I don't know what this is about. And then I looked down and in terms of the amount of time that we'd been walking and standing and moving from bus to building, I just burned through my prep calories so fast that my body was essentially being like, dude, if you don't eat, you're we've got major problems here. And I wanna be clear, I wasn't running a marathon. I wasn't uh, you know, trying to enter some CrossFit regionals or try and qualify for the games or anything like that. I really was just walking around at a very normal pace for maybe three, four hours. That was enough to burn through these calories. And, you know, going uh, through the DMZ, there's this uh, really small uh, passageway that leads down to tunnels that they found between the north and the south that over the course of time, you know, you could walk a couple miles without realizing it. And, yes, is that my own stupid fault for not realizing that I should have taken it easy? For sure. But I was already pretty established in terms of knowing what to do in bodybuilding and, the, the, you know, how to control my deficits and when to keep an eye out for certain things in terms of, hey, you're going to need more calories. You should have food on you or it's time for your meal. And even I made that miscalculation and I won that show. So it wasn't enough to really throw me off, but I've seen, you know, people with either bad coaches or, you know, not enough information in terms of where they're headed or how long they're going to be at work or how long the trip is in terms of flying overseas to a show or even within the United States. And they wind up overdoing it. And there's a very important thing that you have to do when you're checking in with yourself with bodybuilding, which is be realistic. And I tell my clients all the time, you got to call yourself on your own bullshit. And a lot of times we try to bullshit ourselves in terms of us being stronger than we are. And this weird thing happens where you'll go in there knowing that you shouldn't be choosing that weight for a bench press or doing that much weight for the squat or, you know, going on this trip because you don't have the calories to support it. And you wind up in some dire straits. I'm lucky to say I've never had a major injury in or uh, outside of um, the bodybuilding aspect. The most major injury I had was at a strongman meet where um, I had this overuse injury, basically felt like I tore my bicep tendon. Luckily, I didn't, but it's still sore. And that's a moderate injury. People wouldn't consider that a major injury. I didn't need medical intervention. I didn't need any of those things. But the, the real aspect of all of this is just that the thing that we're putting out to people on social media and even speaking with people who have been in the sport long enough is that our sport is healthy and that our sport uh, preaches safety and health. Anything that takes you to the extreme in terms of this level of, you know, using your biomechanics and your physiology of how your body works is messing with hormones, it's messing with sleep cycles, it's messing with caloric intake, it's messing with expenditure output, it's messing with the safety of your tendons, your ligaments and your cell health and the structure of most of the cells within your body and how they operate. So we also need to be realistic so that these people who are coming up behind us and a lot of these kids um, know that there are things that you need to be concerned with. Safety in terms of the lifting aside, you only have one life and one body. And this is one of the things that a lot of the fight is, I guess you could consider if you want to call it a fight, between people um, who preach natural bodybuilding versus people who preach enhanced bodybuilding is that enhanced bodybuilders, even who do it right, um, say they understand the inherent risks, and a lot of them do. Um, I'm not here to tell people what they can and can't do. I'm, I'm very much in the, uh, libertarian camp of, uh, if it's not hurting someone else, it's none of anyone else's business. But the part that is everyone else's business is if what you're portraying to other people is that they should follow in your footsteps, then I truly believe that we should be telling them, um, things to watch out for and the dangers of, of, you know, taking this sport to the next level and becoming what we would consider a true professional and what that really means. So, you know, if you're out there thinking that you're going to start bodybuilding, then these are things that you really have to take into account is that there's going to be a lot of things that if you were to ask and my, uh, important and one of my favorite things to point out is how little, Um, registered dietitians there are who would believe that most of the stuff that you would see that got somebody to the stage is something that they would prescribe to people. Now, again, I'm conceding the fact that bodybuilding is not for most people. I understand that. But there is something to be said about somebody whose job it is to tell you what to eat and how to get somewhere and that most of them would disagree with the uh, tactics that you would have to take to get on that stage and be bodybuilding. And I'm sure that they would say the same thing about most extreme sports that have to do with fitness, CrossFit, powerlifting, strongman, right? To, to be in these extreme niches, there, it requires some um, extreme control that most people who would be considered moderates in those fields of work would not consider uh, viable options in terms of sustainability. Fully understand that, but, That also means that there's something to the fact that what they're looking at is the longevity of the human being that's asking them whether or not they should be doing that and really how that's going to craft them into being a whole person after the sport is done. I love bodybuilding wholeheartedly, right? But I think we all can kind of see the difference between people who uh, gave it all they had for a short period of time and people who gave it all they had for much longer and took it to much more of an extreme when you take a look at the differences between guys like Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman. Um, you know, you you take a look at uh, uh, wrestlers in terms of the WWE and, and the uh, NWO and WCW in terms of people who took it to the extreme, um, in terms of living their their health and knowing when to say yes and no to stuff. And you take a look at guys like uh, Mankind, who took it to the extreme, uh, Mick Foley, who just wound up having so many injuries that it covered the entire back page of his uh, his autobiography. And then you have guys like The Rock, who realistically whether you believe he's natural or not asterisk caveat whether you believe he's natural or not when he was in the wwe or now again look at my face and you'll see which i believe i think that the hype is kind of weird about it but either way um you know you have these guys who now are bigger stronger and considered more healthier than ever and then you've got guys you know uh who may have kept their muscularity to a much more extreme level during their time in the WWE or whatever federation they were in. And now in terms of their muscles, they may have major uh, dysmorphia and not just the, mental type but the actual muscle um, being deformed because of the fact that they tried to keep it younger for longer and tighter for longer Um, and there's a lot of guys who didn't make it because they wound up needing to never off cycle their gear and and wound up either hurting their heart or their liver or you know the cte as it relates to guys like chris benoit taking anything to the extreme like that requires this risk and This podcast, in terms of this episode, is mainly here to tell you one thing. The majority of people in the fitness industry and the majority of people even in bodybuilding preps throughout their time frame are going to do it as safely and as healthy as possible. But when and if you don't do it as healthy as possible because you don't have all the information, you could do some serious damage to yourself. So if this is you trying to figure out if bodybuilding's for you, I invite you to try it. I think our sport is great. It's accepting. And the vast majority of the benefits vastly outweigh these risks. But don't let anybody sell you this, you know, rainbows and pot of golds type thing where everything that we do in the fitness industry in terms of bodybuilding or really any sport that has to do with the fitness industry is 100% healthy. The obsessive compulsive nature of needing to get into the single digit body fat percentages and not just stay there, but operate there for what I would consider pretty moderate amounts of time on stage and off stage in your life is not exactly always going to be the healthiest. As always, this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Nutribio. With no compromise since 1996, some of the best tasting products on the markets and no proprietary blends ever, they've got a product that can help you. So use code word Natty at checkout to save and always make sure that you mention the United States of America. Whether you agree with me or not, I want to thank you for listening and remind you to please be sure to rate, subscribe, and if you ever want a topic that's going to be covered on my podcast or anybody else's, reach out to them. Because I'd love to talk about anything in the fitness industry that you want to talk about. So this is three-time Mr. Natural Olympia Brandon Lirio from the United States of America signing off yet again.